Welcome in everyone to Hooligans United podcast. We're a group of guys who have an English Premier League fantasy group and we like to talk about it. Uh, today joining me is uh, Rife. Rife, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm uh, I'm Rife. I support Manchester United, obviously, if you're uh, looking at the screen right now, based on my background, jersey I'm wearing, and my name being Rife the Red. Um, yeah, I... I've gotten a soccer. Basically, I played it my entire life. I played it in college, played a little bit of semi-pro. And uh, nowadays, my big s- soccer part of my life is fantasy football league with these guys and uh, coaching some a local club team and coaching in high school. So that's me. All right. Uh, and then also with us today is Matt. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm from Ohio, but I live in Colorado now. Uh, grew up also like Rife playing a bunch of soccer, um, still playing all the time these days, but mostly pick up not too many leagues going on in the, uh, small town that I live in now. Uh, I am a Chelsea fan, men's women's all of it. Uh, huge fan, really love watching them. Got to go over and see them last year, which was a huge highlight. Uh, yeah, it's like to be here. Cool. Uh, thanks, Matt. And uh, my name's Miles. Uh, like you guys, you know, I played soccer my whole life. Um, I still play on a men's league team on Wednesdays. Uh, that might pop up occasionally if I'm really excited about how well we're doing <laughs> um, or Good. really frustrated. Uh, both both <laughs> things happen. Um, my favorite teams are uh, Portland Timbers is, is my main one. Uh, um, I'm from Arizona and we don't have an MLS team here. So uh just wound up uh being portland uh generally a fairly neutral premier league fan i pretty much like all the teams but uh, i do pay a lot of attention to arsenal and united so uh barcelona has been another one of my kind of lifelong teams uh been a fan of messi forever and even though he's gone the barcelona part still uh hangs around so um, good that you stayed a fan of barcelona and didn't decide to just jump ship and go straight to psg yeah, yeah, I'm super, super excited about uh, Louis. Um, it's been, yeah, it's been fun. So, um, all right. Anything else? Uh, how's, how's you guys been doing? Anything uh, to report before we jump into this week's shenanigans? Shenanigans? No, I don't think so from my end. No, <laughs> no sir. Nothing okay. special. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, we had talked a little bit about game, the game week and what you thought the season might be shaping up like um it is looking it is looking kind of nutty especially in terms of like the premier league because they just gave us all a draw yeah wait would you say that they gave us all a draw yeah for week seven we all oh yeah for for the fantasy leagues i got confused i thought you were saying that they just like gave um all the teams (laughs) in the premier league a draw and i'm like is that how they did that hold on our our league is the the important one here i mean that yeah that's fair that's fair yeah um yeah they gave all of us a draw i mean i was excited about that weekend coming up i was pretty confident with the team i don't remember exactly who i was playing but um my team the way i've got it set up now it seems like we've been getting better each week and the guys that I chose were getting better each week. So I wasn't happy that some unforeseen circumstances caused the postponement of all of our games. Yeah. Um, I know, I know my team's 
I, I think uh, got um, 13 points out of, out of the last five games. So I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not complaining here. Uh, <laughs> that, anything on your end there? Yeah. I, my team I'd say is a, a current Brightoner Chelsea. We're uh, pretty psyched about the break. Uh, we just need a little bit of time to settle into into the squad and you know get our get our, our shit together because <laughs> we are not doing great. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly what place I'm in. Let's see. So I think I actually jump up to eighth out of twelve this week because of the uh, just this past weekend for game week eight, where you know most of our teams only have half the people that we could actually roster because every was what how many games got postponed four uh, i think it was two or right? two no it was more than three that. Was, united uh, leeds chelsea liverpool brighton crystal palace so okay, okay three. so three games yeah so six teams didn't get to play it quite a few of my guys were on that but yeah still somehow got the win and <laughs> jumped up the middle of the table with that so there you go we're looking better <laughs> What it's all about, pulling those wins out when you don't necessarily deserve them. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so um, it seems like a good time to jump into uh, Premier League weekend. Um, yeah, not a lot because a lot of the big teams were, were postponed. Um, uh, it's something I was really excited about, and I think if you're a fan of the sport, you probably enjoyed it. Uh, maybe not, maybe you guys didn't like it, but I really liked seeing Son come back on and score three goals. I oh, thought, no, I, I, I just, uh, I loved it. Um, no, and the I, goal, the way he I did it Son. was awesome. Um, uh, as someone put it earlier, it's like, um, sometimes you need to be benched <laughs> to, and like come <laughs> off the bench and be like, Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. So I'm ready to play all the time. That, that dude has to be one of my favorite just like humans famous mm-hmm. human of all time he's just his endless smile is unbelievable he's like plays with a- actual joy that you can see in everything that he does i i'm a, a chelsea fan you know not a huge fan of tottenham tottenham because of that uh but still man that guy yeah really good to see him do well yeah no, I completely agree with that too. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of Tottenham, but anytime that we play against them or anything, Son is just somebody that I just love watching. Even I'm always scared when we play against Tottenham because Son is on their team. And yeah. it's just like, I always want him to do well every other time I want him to play well. I mean, especially like last year when he got uh, the golden boot, shared that with, uh, was it Salah or that he shared it with? Yeah, like I was I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was really happy with him. Yeah, Just... and when he when he got the game ball, uh, and he was walking off the field and and you know clapping for the fans, he just looked so happy. Um, it was it was just really nice to see. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, this past couple of weeks though, like with him not playing the best and then getting benched, I immediately was just like, well, I mean, United could probably go for him in January if he's still not doing. Uh, <laughs> if the coach isn't happy with him, I'd love to bring him on over here. Yeah. Then he goes out and scores a hat trick, and he's too happy in London. So you know, there goes that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's leaving. <laughs> yeah. No, he needs to though. He needs to be at a better team than Tottenham. Yeah. Uh, reverse <laughs> side on that, uh, Leicester. Um, are they getting relegated? <laughs> Depends I wouldn't on be how surprised. long they stay with Rodgers. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Brandon Rogers yeah, right. along um might, uh, his international break might be extended. It might be it might be a bit. Yeah. Didn't he come out in a uh, post-match interview or something where he even said that they were uh giving him a little well, during the international break that his job was basically on thin ice. Not in those words exactly, but he said something to that. He effect. looked really resigned after the game. I don't know if you guys saw any of the post game or anything. Um, he he looked like someone who knew like he was going to be having a tough uh, conversation with his boss, like even if he's not fired. So, <laughs> I mean, they're yeah. seven, oh, and one. That's sorry, sorry, oh, one and six in seven games. Yeah, oh, one and six. That's yeah. horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it makes you think, did he uh, really wonder what happened? I mean, they sold a f- – they didn't really sell too many players. Did they? I mean, they who did they get rid of this summer? Fofana? Fofana went to Chelsea. That's the – I mean, Vardy is older, so he's not as prolific anymore. But that was yeah. their only really big transfer. And, uh, yeah, amazing how quickly they've fallen. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe just Rodgers might have just – they haven't juiced up their squad enough over the past couple of years. And now they're all just kind of too content with where they're at. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lost to the dressing room as uh, <laughs> I think. Uh, oh yeah. They did lose the dressing room. Uh, just playing uninspired, you know, you know, I think they'll come back though. I feel like they have a, a strong enough squad that if they can, I don't know, I think they'll, <laughs> soon here step it up and turn turn things around and at least you know not finish well but maybe 13th 14th kind of thing yeah yeah they'll probably pick themselves up but yeah let's if rogers gets sacked i mean who would they bring in though i mean pochettino is still looking for a job but would pochettino go to a oh six and one team or a one and six whatever they are but a one and six yeah i don't see it no, I, I think in Europe either. they put the draws in the middle, right? So, win, draw, loss. Is that true? Is that it? I, I'm, I'm not sure because I, I, I know it's different forever. than. We're we're here right now though, so I think we can say. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> a fair point. Six yeah. losses. We'll just go six losses. Who cares what where we put there it? Just go. they lost six times. They haven't they won have yet. One they have one yeah, point. That's one point in the league after seven games. Seven games. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. So um, throw it up to the top of the table. Um, it, is Arsenal uh, is Arsenal for real? I think they have a depth issue. Mm. Um, I think that they oh, are man. for That's real. A lot of fifteen-year-olds. Like like... Yeah, right. <laughs> but so I think they're a really good team. Arteta's got them playing really well, but. We don't know how long Odegaard's going to be out now. Um, who is it? Zinchenko just got hurt. So he's going to be out for a little bit. It's like a, just a couple guys on their team get hurt, and then they just, they just won't be as deadly anymore. Saliba, White, or Gabriel in the back line get hurt. Who do they replace him with? That's going to be as productive. So I just think they have a depth issue. 
Yeah, they're certainly starting well, but uh, again, um, kind of in the opposite vein to uh, Leicester there, I, I don't see them staying up quite at the top. I think they're going to have a great season, but not. Uh, yeah. I'd just be blown away if they could, if they could beat you there. Right. Yeah. Just especially with the schedule that they're going to have as soon as they get back from this international break and I, the schedule everyone's going to have, especially with the delayed games. And without I just don't see them. <laughs> yeah. I just don't see it continuing. Yeah. yeah. Um, pretty fun story from Arsenal too, with uh 15 year old Ethan Nwanri, which was, what I just referenced. I am going to preface this by saying I don't know if it's Nawanery or the N is silent and it's Wanery. Or maybe the W is silent and it's Nonery. There's there's a I haven't heard anyone say this name. So Okay. I'm doing my best. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um but so I guess what happened was I was playing pretty well for the youth team. Somebody, somebody else might know more about this than I do. Alex, was it you who were telling, were you were telling me about? No, this? that wasn't me in our chat. I think that would have been, might have been one of the other guys. Okay, yeah, it might have uh, been Corey actually. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, playing with the youth squad, and I feel like the the five minutes with the the team was kind of almost like a reward for uh, just doing really well in training with the um, with the men's side. The the youth yeah yeah so i guess what was it he got he playing pretty well with the u21s got pulled up to the first team impressed in practice and yeah. got pulled into the game <laughs> i just think about how small i was when i was 15 mm -hmm. compared to 23 25 30 year olds right <laughs> how, how on earth <laughs> that's so impressive to to come yeah. in at that age that level of you know maturity or immaturity and even you know to even get five minutes just how cool yeah. for him yeah it's like i coach 15 year olds right now 50 like 14 15 16 year olds are all right around that age like none of them are of the like right size or speed or anything to even compete with me being 29 years old with a one foot because the other one's been spraying for four months yeah that, that's what i was going to say was that i i feel faster at 30 than i think i was at 15 um far yeah yeah uh which is like maybe we just think faster now so <laughs> or like everything feels quicker yeah. think slower so the world feels like it's moving faster maybe, bias. maybe yeah <laughs> but even like the fastest kids on the on the team that are like 15 16 years old can't keep up with me and i'm i I was really fast when i was 15 16 year old but years old like as a freshman i was faster than most of our seniors but now i'm still um, i'm a lot slower than i was then but still faster or quicker than all they are now so yeah i don't know how that works <laughs> yeah. yeah i imagine this is uh genetics because i i'm looking at a picture here and um uh does the kid look like he, an adult? He does not look, yeah, it does not look 15. Definitely one of those situations where it's like, eh, probably be 18, 19, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pulls a, pulls a bench warmers, walked up and said, I am 15 with a $20 bill. And I would, I would probably <laughs> like, paper. I would probably let him buy cigarettes, but not alcohol. He's in that. That's like, <laughs> you know, 
Well, good thing yeah. he's in Europe. All he has to do is be able to be tall enough to be see over the bar, right? Yeah. Well, he has, he has school tomorrow, so. <laughs> I think Corey was saying um, in the chat that uh, they were chanting that in the stadium. So. Yeah, yeah, I think they did. Yeah. Yep, you've got school in the morning. They were chanting it. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So, um, so there's, there's there's one more Premier League week before the international break, right? No, it starts on Monday. All, okay. all the uh, everyone's traveling on Monday, so tomorrow. Okay. Okay. So, um, should we run down? Uh, I don't. I don't really know uh, a whole lot about the friendlies outside of the U.S. team. Are there any friendlies that you guys are paying attention to outside of those? Uh, I mean, England. I think is playing Germany and Italy. So I think I'm going to watch some of those mainly because I'm upset that Southgate didn't choose Sancho or Rashford into his squad. Well, okay, Rashford's hurt, but he chose Grealish, who doesn't play much for City. He chose. Uh, Bowen, who's had a good season last year, but isn't doing well at the beginning of this year. And Sancho is doing really, really well, but still didn't get chosen. So, and then, you know, he, his reasoning for not choosing them right away, was just like, Oh, I'm choosing guys that I've got to, to make sure that they're getting into their own squad and playing for their own teams, but chooses Phillips who has gotten 15 minutes total in all competitions this year. Um, Do people think that, uh, the roster that Southgate picked for these friendlies is indicative of what he's going to pick for the World Cup squad? Because I, I, um, I would imagine Rashford is like an automatic in. You see, that's the funny thing is I, he could be an, he should be an automatic in with how he's playing now, but he did get dropped out of the squad because of how, how well he played last year or how poorly he played last year. But the, the other one that everyone's looking at, obviously, is Maguire, who's not playing for United, but gets chosen immediately over other guys that are playing 90 minutes every single game for their club. So it's just, there's a big uh, stink at least going on around online that from what I can tell, just because he just keeps seems to be choosing favorites instead of informed players. Gotcha. Okay. So that's one of the ones I'm paying attention to besides just the U S. Okay. Yeah. Anything from you there, Matt, or should we move on to U S which is what I know. Yeah, nothing's really stood out for me. I think uh, my brain's on the World Cup. So if I'm <laughs> if I'm watching any of the ones that I'm watching, I'm just watching for specific players and kind of how they're doing. And okay. Well, then I guess uh, another question for you then for Reese James playing for England, should he be playing over Trent? In your opinion? Oh, yeah, that's such a that's such a tough one. I know there's so much debate about the two of them, right? Right. Because they're both very close in age. Their playing profiles are pretty similar, except Reese seems to be playing a lot better right now and has more, almost more potential defensively and offensively than Trent does. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that, that's got to be the decider is how, you know, who's playing the best right now. I, I would love to say that Reese should just be playing always because Chelsea fan. And of course yeah. I think, but <laughs> I try to be objective about these things. And, you know, if, if trends playing better right now, then of course he should be playing. I mean, that's how these international teams work. Right. Um, it's true. 
so it's a good thing that Trent's been playing very poorly for the past. Yeah, few right. <laughs> love to see the opportunity for East. Uh, yeah. So would, I'm, would I'm definitely getting to this, like the point with uh, Liverpool where I, I want to see Trent play somewhere else. Like, I don't know. They, they keep starting about outside he, back. I know that's where he's come up as, but, um, you know, he's, uh, he does, he's, it's obviously he's not interested in defending and, um, you know, yeah, he is somewhere to else. Play somewhere else now. Yeah. <laughs> he almost needs to. I see that. See if they see if Klopp ever even tries him somewhere else. Just, I mean, in Klopp's system, at least your wing backs are just constantly high up the field, so they're not always like relied on for their defending. But this year, for some reason, well, okay, not for some reason, they have a lot of injuries in their midfield, and their midfield is not as controlling of the game as they have been in the recent past. Mm-hmm. So they're defending a little bit more often and. I guess Trent's just getting found out, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah. I'm going to maintain that Liverpool are just taking a little bit of a year off and they're going to be back next year really, really good. I mean, and they still might come back this year. Um, yeah. They'll and still they start be playing competitively year. again. Um, but I'm yeah. also interested to see who the England goalkeeper ends up being. We had talked about. Uh, Right. Yeah. What's going to happen with with Pickford hurt? Uh, So definitely interested to see what happens there. Yeah, Yeah, because if I uh, looking back at the games this week, at least Henderson didn't do great. They Nottingham lost three to two to Fulham. I think what two of the goals he probably should have saved. I know, especially the third one, his positioning was just terrible. Ball came across the box and he just stayed at the near post. Like I'm no, I, I'm no goalkeeper, but I think if the ball is going across the box, you should probably go at least somewhat with it. But he just like waited for the kick to happen and then tried to dive from one post to the other to save it. Like, right? Do you know who's on that? Um, who do you know who has been selected for like the three keepers on the roster? I'm pretty sure it was Henderson. Pope and Ramsdale, but let me double check. Okay. So Henderson probably gets to start there. I was really high on Nick Pope a couple years ago, but I, I feel like I've been less impressed by him recently. Where's his club? Um, okay. Sorry, what was your question? He plays for Newcastle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it is. It's Henderson, Pope, and Ramsdale, and I honestly think that they're gonna they're gonna start Pope because I know when um, in other international breaks when Pickford's gone with, if Pickford couldn't play or he subbed him out or something, Pope was always the next one to go in. Although I think Ramsdale kind of deserves to get the shout out to get some time. He does yeah, pretty I, well for Arsenal. I'd agree with that. Yeah, he's. He's looked really good recently. Yeah. Um, speaking of goalkeepers, the U.S. men's national team also has kind of a um, question about who the goalkeeper is going to wind up being. Uh, a lot of folks think it's going to be Zach Steffen uh, for this international break. He's injured, though, and Matt Turner is going to be up. I personally like Matt Turner better. He's he's more of a shot-stopping goalkeeper Zach Stefan's more of a what they call a modern keeper so someone who plays with their feet you know and he's mm-hmm. real comfortable like you know playing out of the back uh 
But I feel like for the World Cup, uh, you're just going to have guys shooting a lot from all over the field and having someone like Matt Turner is better in goal. Uh, I don't know how familiar either of you are, you know, with, with these guys, but do you have any, any opinions on there? I'm not yeah, super I just think with Turner or Horvath, but I just Stefan, I I'm a crew fan as well. I'm from Ohio. Um, and, and he was a crew player for a long time before he went over to, to city. Uh, he was, excellent for the crew obviously which is why he got that chance with city but then at city i know he he rarely played so that you know makes sense that he would be a little rusty but when he did uh you say he was that modern you know play out of the back style keeper but he got found out in that position over and over and over again well i think he let in three or four big goals in uh league cup and fa cup finals or semifinals uh i can't remember exactly the games but uh it, it was a rough look for him i'm i'm really hopeful that with his loan that he's getting more playing time and that he's going to be more confident going to the world cup if he does end he, up in the one that plays he playing now yeah i was just looking at uh M- middlesbrough oh yeah oh, that's really good for him yeah that's good. Yeah, I mean, they play with like 40 games in a, in the season, so that's real good for him. Yeah. And, oh. and you know, Matt Turner, who I, I am going to maintain, I think Matt Turner is who I'd like to see in goal, but, you know, he's sitting on the bench at Arsenal. He's That's where he's going to be. Exactly. So, and have any of you guys seen him play in the uh, – has Matt Turner got time in a, a cup games or anything over the summer yet? No, I have, I I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Okay. So yeah, because I haven't really seen much from Turner. I, all I ever got to see was Stefan, and I always thought he was a pretty good keeper, and but he always had a really big mistake in him. So, and then I think Sean. Where does Sean Johnson play now? Because I can't remember. Because I think a couple of years back when I first watched Sean Johnson play, NYCFC. Okay, so he's moved over a few times. Yeah, the, when I've seen him play, I always thought he was really good. But he, I think he is also another one of those that's more of a shot stopper, athletic, good reflexes type keeper. Whenever I saw him use his feet, it really wasn't that great. So I'm hoping, I guess, if we go, Zach Stipe's not the best shot stopper, but he's really good in possession. Uh, Sean Johnson's a really good shot stopper, um, but not great in possession. Hopefully Matt Turner is kind of like that mix of both and can give us something that's. So Turner, Turner played with the revs, new England revolution for about six years. Um, And so that's where he, uh, that's where I know him from. I don't pay as much attention to the Eastern conference. Um, Just a a West coast bias on my end. Uh, (laughs) Fair. Um, uh, Moving down the list here. Uh, To defenders, I don't think there's a whole lot of um, surprise when it comes to defenders. Uh, um, Aaron Long, uh, Reggie Cannon, Sergino Dest, Mark McKenzie, um, Joe Scali, DeAndre Yedlin. Um, I think DeAndre Yedlin um, 
I feel like he could captain. I mean, he's not going to captain because I think the captain will probably be Pulisic. But DeAndre Yedlin mm-hmm. playing for the U.S. for I think is this his third World Cup cycle or four, third or fourth World Cup cycle with the team. Um, so I yeah. I kind of think yeah, I kind of think that he is being brought along. Even if he doesn't play, he's going to get. Um, uh, I think Berhalter likes him just as as kind of a glue. Where a lot of the guys on the team kind of grew up with him um, kind of being one of more like the mentors mm-hmm. in that system. And they're comfortable with him in that role. Yeah. Uh, I always try to have that leadership role in there since this Brooks kind of lost form and isn't being invited back anymore. And, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have the likes of Altidore and uh, oh God, who's the other guy, Bradley anymore. Mm-hmm. We haven't had them back for what, a couple of years now. So right, right. at least well, we'll have and- somebody there that's still kind of experienced. And it really seems like Burhalter's um, choosing youth, like he's choosing young guys. Yeah, for for whatever reason. And I'm really happy with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe he's looking at it as in, hey, we have a good, ch- we have a chance of being pretty good in this World Cup, but the next World Cup is on home soil, and that's the one we want to be really good at. So, get the youth all the experience that we can for this one. Do as well as we can. And then in four years from now, we do even better. But does he get a chance if they if they don't do? Decent maybe he's up? thinking selflessly. Maybe selflessly he's just like, well, you know what? Maybe I might not be the coach at the next World Cup, but give these guys the experience for it. Maybe we'll do well. Yeah. I love that, and I hope so. I think, <laughs> I, hope so I think there are a few guys, too, where um, you might only get one or two prime World Cup cycles. And for Christian Pulisic, this is certainly one of his prime cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget how, how old uh, is McKinney. Uh, there's McKinney and then also um, uh, how old is McKinney. I think he's a right around the same age as Pulisic. Yeah. Oh, Gio Reyna. Um, let me see how old Gio Reyna is. He's decently young. He's like 19. <laughs> is, oh, is he young? Okay. Oh, he's very young. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking, I must be thinking of Weston. Anyway, so it, I think it's McKinney and Pulisic. The, these are going to be... Both 24. Yeah. So, um, you know, next time it comes around, they'll be 28. The time after that, they'll be 32. So... 28 is really the prime. So this, right. yeah, yeah, this could still be a building. Yeah. Could still be a building. Yeah. Yeah. Although injuries and all that, I think you want to take the chances when you get them. Injuries and or not qualifying. US <laughs> True. But we already qualified for the next World Cup. So. Right. We get to play. <laughs> yep. Plus with like 320 teams or whatever, whatever it is now. 600 teams. I don't know. You know what? I, I've lost track at this point. Yeah, it was 48, 48. teams. Uh, it's ridiculous. Three of them qualify automatically though because it we uh mexico Great. canada and the u.s so yep. only 45 spots left <laughs> no. okay and to answer your question from earlier reyna turns 20 in uh november okay i was thinking he was a little bit older than that but no cool. he just burst he just burst out on the scene really young i think he was 17 18 when dortmund started playing him and yeah i'm excited I mean, I yeah i haven't seen an american player with that kind of control and technique in ever honestly 
Yeah. Reyna really impresses me all the time I watch him. Yeah. So, uh, moving to forwards, uh, Brendan Arison, Paul Ariola, Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Morris, Ricardo Pepe, Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, and Josh Sargent. Um, there's a little bit of debate. You know, does Brandon Vasquez, uh, Vasquez deserve to be there? Um, Josh Sargent, he's getting a ton of minutes for Norwich. Um, and scoring a lot of goals for Norwich, but um, you know, is he is is he one of the best that we have in the in you know in that number nine position? Burl Halter likes to play a false nine. Um, yeah, uh, I think uh, that uh, I think Josh is actually a really good choice, especially for this one since he's in such good form. Mm-hmm. Bring him in and see how well he can do because he's also somebody that um, seeing him play he has one of those first touches that he's can play a false nine because some of the players on his team will like ping the ball at him incredibly hard, but it just sticks to his foot and he works his ass off the entire game. He's constantly running and he just has an eye for goal right now. So I think he was a really good uh, shout, at least for this international break. The one that I was confused about was actually Pepe. It's like, I get that he scored some important goals in the rounds before him that uh, got us into the world cup. But ever since he left the MLS, he hasn't played very well. I think he, he got his first assist since leaving the MLS last weekend. Um, and he, so he hasn't, doesn't have a goal or, and that was his first assist, assist since then. So if uh, Vasquez deserved to get in here into this squad, cause I mean, he did pretty, he's been doing pretty well this season. Now he's got what, 16 goals and a few assists now. And it seems to be doing pretty well. I also like looked at his um his profile. I mean, he's six foot two, just straight muscle. Like he's be a pretty good target forward. So if we are thinking about doing a false nine, then maybe that's why he didn't bring Vasquez in because he's more of a target forward and not a false nine that would be dropping in for the ball all the time. Yeah, no, but the one I absolutely agree. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, um, it's just kind of in the same vein too that I really wanted uh, Jordan Pefuk to be in the uh, squad as well. I would honestly thought Pefuk or uh, Vasquez were going to be chosen for this, but Pepe got chosen instead. And it might be because for that reason of the false nine instead of a target number nine. Yeah. It definitely seems like Burhalter's playing guys that he's comfortable with. He knows them and he's going to keep doing that. Um, we'll see. We'll see how the team looks uh, for the the um friendlies do you guys know what day what day those are on no but i can tell you in about five seconds <laughs> you didn't mention dk on that list right that that's no. going this time i'm i'm no dk is not going i really liked him last year uh would love to see him get a shot again at some point i would too but i think he's another one of those two that he's more of a uh uh, target in the box target number nine where he's just a real athletic strong guy that's going to get you goals yep. but he also still had some work to do on his first touch just where, doesn't fit the system for yeah it's not just possibly not fit in the system but, i mean at the same time peppy still needs to work on his first touch too and he seems more like a target number nine but might be a little bit more mobile than the other guys that they didn't choose so sure i mean 
I can't, I'm not in the mind of Craig Berhalter. I think as right. I mentioned to you guys before that when he became the coach, I disagreed with a majority of his choices for our rosters for the past few years. And I think it's only just recently that he's been choosing people that I believe that he should be choosing, but he's also changed his system a couple times at this point. So I don't know what he's looking for anymore because he's kind of started going in the direction that I was hoping he was going and then still choosing people that are questionable. So it's just kind of how does he want to play? Who's going to fit that system more, which I like to having that headache just as a fan watching it because we have so many options that we can choose from instead of every international cycle we have. It's like, okay, so Altidore is going to play up top. Bradley is going to be in the middle. We don't know who's going to play on defense because no one's been playing well for the past four years. Like, because that's how it feels like it's been an, as an American fan since we didn't make the last World Cup cycle. Right. <laughs> and now yeah. we have so many options that everyone argues about who should be in it. <laughs> it's better. Better spot to be yeah. in. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. It's weird having goalkeeper debates because for our whole lives, the goalkeeper's been kind of set, I think. I think. Timmy Howard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we play uh, Japan on Friday morning, the 23rd. Oh, man. Uh, and then we play Saudi Arabia on the 27th, the Tuesday. Okay. Well, we'll really get to see our systems in play then. Right. We'll be able to test some stuff out. This is yeah. like no offense to either one of those teams. Is Japan going to the World Cup this year? I don't know if either of them are. I don't believe Saudi Arabia is, but so it looks like Saudi Arabia is in is in Group C with Argentina, Mexico, and Poland, and Japan is in Group E with Spain, Costa Rica, and Germany. So they okay. should at least cool. decent warm up. We'll get to we learn a little bit them. about their teams too, which will be neat. So yeah, we get. I think most years. Most World Cups or big tournaments, I usually remember what the groups are because there was that one group that's like, oh, that's the group of death. Like there shouldn't be that many like good teams in it, right? And this it, this year just seems like they're all almost evenly spread out. The, yeah, there's not the really a group I, of the death. team that I feel bad for is Canada. I think I Canada got a rough group with Belgium and Croatia in there. Mm-hmm. Morocco's been decent too, but yeah, yeah, probably yeah. not as good as those two. But Canada's also been playing really well. Yeah. Yeah, they really when have. when we played against them, I was surprised how good they looked. I mean, yep. it helps when you've got Davies on one side and you've got Jonathan David up top. But yep. man, the whole the, their team as a whole looked very good. Yep. But yeah. Well, how old is Belgium even gonna do this year? I mean, most of their team has started to like age. Like Quite a yeah, bit. Right, yeah, right. If you're going to be able to comment more on this, because did was it Belgium that missed the last World Cup or was that Den- – no, it was Denmark that missed the last one, right? Maybe it's Denmark. Yeah, because yeah. Belgium oh, went on – Belgium beat England for the third for third place last World Cup. Mm-hmm. And that was actually a big, a big stink with that. <laughs> With England, it's like, oh, we're England's good again. We're gonna, we're gonna bring the cup home, bring it home, and all that stuff. Yeah. Then you go back and look to see, like, how well England did in that tournament. It's like, oh yeah, they they went really far, but the first time that they played up against a team that was supposed to be like up to their caliber, 
they all of a sudden didn't look that great and Belgium just tore them a new one. So <laughs> that's how I remember them. Italy's the shock team, right? Missing this time and last time. Did they miss last time? Or did they just yeah. get knocked out early? No, I'm pretty sure they, they did not qualify for the last World Cup either. Oh, wow. And this time they didn't qualify because they lost to North Macedonia. Yeah. Right, right. Um, yeah, that was nuts. Portugal barely made it too. And with the roster that they have, they should have been a shoe-in. That UEFA qualifying is crazy. It is. Yeah, it really is. So hard to get through. Probably one of the reasons they're expanding to 48. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, let more of the let more teams actually make it. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I mean there's a there's cool. it's as soccer grows around the world, there's gonna be just better teams everywhere. And um you know, if you have the infrastructure to handle 48 teams, however many games that is, why not? Exactly. Like sure. give United States soccer another four years with our academies and everything going forward and how we've just actually paid attention to how other countries develop youth into being good football players instead of soccer players that we've seen them in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just four more years and all of a sudden our teenagers are going to be in their 20s. Mm-hmm. We haven't even seen some of the guys that are probably going to be in our World Cup roster for the next cycle because yeah. they're 16 right now, 17. It's nice to see us taking uh, some knowledge from from Europe, but uh, do we think they should take some knowledge from us and have an All Star game? <laughs> I know how I feel about that. Uh, how do you feel that? I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. First, first of all, all right, and I think this is my number one reason. Can Fix your congestion, right? Fixture congestion. It's huge. We the, There isn't space for the games that we already have mm-hmm. in, in the English European soccer calendar. Uh, y- you know, MLB, NHL, football, sure, throw in an all-star game. It doesn't <laughs> – those guys are fine. They can play another game. Yeah. Soccer, MLS, even there, I think the season's a bit more spread out. There's just less games total. And isn't theirs in the middle of the season too? Yeah. And, you know, they're playing in three competitions, maybe four, just like the guys in Europe, but it's so much, I don't know. It just feels like where, where would we put that game? All these guys that, that that would play in the all-star game are the ones who are playing in that, those crazy congested schedules. So. Yeah. What do you do? Ask the guys just like want to go, on vacation after the champions league is the finals over or whatever. And a week later, like, Oh, Hey, now we have the all-star game. <laughs> you guys got to, you know, wait another week before you can go on your vacation. Right. Oh yeah. I know your preseason starts in a week after this now. So you really only have a week off instead of two weeks off. The thing that so, I feel like would end up happening as well is just, um, just because anytime there's any large friendlies uh, that are not, you know, in the season, I feel like they're played in the United States or Australia, places like that, where the big teams go on tour. And so I feel like the English Premier League uh, all-star game would wind up, you know, being played in like New York City or Los Angeles. Yeah, wherever they can make the most money, especially since, I mean, I found out today that almost half, if not a little bit more than half of the Premier League teams are owned by U.S. owners. 
Is that right? And yeah, and the yeah, the news outlets and the pundits and everybody are starting to get a little worried and starting to bring that up more. So like, right, you guys I, realize I, that if they all got together and voted on something, they could change how European football works because they're all American. <laughs> so I, I do have a little bit of pushback on that. I, I think that um I think a lot of that is kind of some some hyperbole or you know, just a lot of a lot of people wanting to rag on Americans because the biggest teams in um in EPL are owned by, you know, oil interests, like you know, large nations um who you know are bankrolled by oil interest and you know they have emirates um united chelsea those are some pretty big teams united chelsea liverpool arsenal arsenal those are some pretty big teams yeah (laughs) all american owners but you got man city um and then you've got that's one um you have newcastle uh, um, newcastle uh, newcastle coming up arguably not big yet not Argu- yet. Arguably not big yet, but <laughs> and then um, if you take Europe as a whole continent, you've got PSG, uh, who is um, who is owned by I I, I forget um, which one, but you know that's where they're yeah. But what do all these big teams that are, have different owners also have in common that they've already tried to do about a year ago? Right, right. Change but, the fabric. No, I'm just, the I'm just saying. I think I don't necessarily <laughs> think the threat is just oh, there's American owners coming in and doing stuff. I think, you know, um, when when you have a system where there's foreign investment in, you know, your league, uh, you're, you you can't have it both ways. You can't say like, you want to do the hoity-toity English football but have your English football owned by Americans and, you know, people from the Middle East, like, you know. Counterpoint to that, I think, I think it's inarguable that American sports specifically and Americans in general have a pretty unique way of doing things, right? Our sports landscape is different from anywhere else in the world. And if, the Premier League itself happened to be in a situation or already is in a situation where the majority of the owners are American and start, you know, I, I think a lot of things in the Premier League are voted on by the, the chairman of the boards um, and whoever, whatever comes out of that is what happens, right? So there could be some pretty massive changes. I think it's a reasonable thing to be worried, worried. about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, just looking at last year, right, with the super league or two years ago now when was that recently right i think it was last last i think it was about a year ago May? yeah about yeah a, year, a little over a year ago i've tried to purge it but yeah, i mean same. the idea of not having promotion relegation in european football is awful i mean that it's like the one reason that i don't like u.s sports mm-hmm. we got to it's just not that's true interesting without that right what did you think of bully's suggestion about the bottom four teams uh have a tournament to not get relegated oh so the top such of, a dark the top it's of such the, a dark idea sorry like the bottom two go down and the four below that or the four above that 
have like a playoff style? No, like so worse, I, think, I think what he was suggesting was the bottom four. Um, so 17 would play 20 and 18 would play 19. If you win that game um, uh, or, or if you lose that game, you're for sure out. And then the winners will play. And then the loser of that one also is out. Um, so kind of like the uh, final tournament to see who gets promoted in the championship. Because exactly. they, they allow that like fi- the playoffs or whatever for them to get for one team to get promoted. Right. I don't hate it as much as I hate the all-star game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, see that idea is like, it gives them all a chance to stay up by having a one-off game success. But at the same time, it sucks to be that team in 17th place. They just like worked your ass off the past, the last couple games and, Hey, we, we got out of a relegation, but uh, the re- relegation zone, we're not getting relegated. We can celebrate. Oh, now we got to do a tournament and we still might get relegated by the last place team because they got a lucky goal. And it's right. like, yeah, how would you feel about being in 17th place, but being like 20 points ahead of the 18th place team <laughs> and then them parking the bus and knocking you out because they counterattacked on you and scored one goal. <laughs> yeah. 20, 20 points above the 20th place team. Right. And somehow they, they beat you and you go down automatically. I yeah. I'm not anti-change generally, right? but I do think there is plenty of excitement the way it is. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. In general, I think in general, I think we're all agreed on here. Um, also, it, <laughs> it's really difficult to split the Premier League North-South. <laughs> Actually, it's really not too bad. It's really just uh, London and everyone else. Yeah, and it's kind of <laughs> funny because you, in other countries, you can suggest a North-South All-Star game. You cannot suggest that in the U.S. Um, right. No. <laughs> yeah, we did we, that once. We play East-West. <laughs> we play East-West here, so. <laughs> That's um, true. Okay, Matt, I saw WSL got started this uh, this weekend. So do you want to give us an update on what's been happening over there? Yeah, for sure. So I think one of the first things is that it, I think it's a huge bummer that they didn't get to start last weekend with the Queen's death. Uh, I know at least Chelsea did, and, and I think other several of the other teams as well had their first like debut match uh, scheduled for their men's stadium. So I know that Chelsea had sold something like 40,000 tickets to that first match already. Um, and, and I know other teams were doing similar kinds of things. So that's a huge, huge loss for those teams that uh, that exposure, being able to capitalize on the uh, win of the women's Euros. Uh, yeah, huge bummer that they didn't get to, to do that. But uh, we did get to start this weekend uh, some crazy, crazy matches. Arsenal uh, played on Friday, uh, the first match of the season, and they absolutely crushed Brighton 4-0. So they started off strong. Uh, the two other high finishers last season, so Arsenal finished second last season. Um, City finished third. They lost their match this weekend uh, today to Aston Villa. That was a crazy back and forth uh, match where, uh, forgive me if I get the order wrong, but I think Aston Villa went up 2-0. City 
brought it back, went up 3-2, and then Aston Villa scored two more to, to take the win there away from them. And then the other big news is that my, uh, my Chelsea uh, did not start out well. They lost 2-1 to one to newly promoted Liverpool in a what turned out to be a, a three-penalty match. So not ideal. Yeah, so I saw, um, looking it up myself, I saw uh, Aston Villa had lost all four of their previous matches against Manchester City. Uh, and it says that um, they did not score and had conceded 17 goals in those matches. So sounds yeah. like a pretty big turnaround. This, yeah, it was it was a huge shock uh, for for Villa to beat City. City's recently been one of the strongest teams in the WSL, and uh, yeah, shocking to see them lose. Um, and yeah, Liverpool is the one team that got promoted back into the WSL this season. So to see them beat the uh, defending champions, Chelsea, was also another crazy shock. Cool. All right, thanks, Matt. So uh, um, any final thoughts before we log off, Ray? Uh, I know, not for this week. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing the U.S. men's national team play two games and see how their system's still developing under Burhalter and hoping England continue to look stale and not play well. So I'm going to be excited to watch all that. Cool, cool. Well, uh, Timber's got a draw today. We're in the playoff hunt. So uh, I'm pretty, pretty happy here. So, all right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.